Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. And we have an awesome guest on the podcast today. Her name is Kathy Kozak, and she is my life coach. But unfortunately, she's going to be moving and she's not going to be life coaching me anymore. (laughs) So I'm without a life coach now. But uh, Kathy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody here on the podcast? Hi, Jen. Hi, everyone. Like Jen said, my name is Kathy Kozak. I am a Christian life coach, um, and I'm also a Celebrate Recovering ministry leader for Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights. And yes, like Jen said, we are moving to Orlando, so I will be stepping down from my life coaching, but looking forward to working in prison ministry. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? That sounds really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I actually came to the Lord in prison. And um, so it's very exciting for me to be able to go back to that environment and work with prisoners who don't know the Lord, to share the gospel with them, and also to give them uh, tangible skills like education and training and um, help them to actually get tools that will help them once they're released. That is Super cool. That sounds like such a great opportunity for you and kind of right up your alley, it sounds like. It's almost like God prepared you for this exact moment. He absolutely <laughs> did. Absolutely. God is yes. <laughs> so today we are going to be discussing Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. And as I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible. But friends and faithful listeners, please feel free to read out of whatever version you prefer to read out of. And make sure to grab that cup of coffee. And let's go ahead and start reading. He entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there who had his hand withered. They watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. He said to the man who had his hand withered, stand up. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. When he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved at the hardening of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as healthy as the other. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples, and a great multitude followed him from Galilee, from Judea, from Jerusalem, from Idumea, beyond the Jordan, and from those around Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude, hearing what great things he did, came to him. He spoke to his disciples that a little boat should stay near him because of the crowd, so that they wouldn't press on him. For he had healed many, so that as many as had diseases pressed on him, that they might touch him. The unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried, You are the Son of God. And he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. So, Kathy, what's the first thing that stands out to you about this uh, passage of scripture? Oh, my gosh, there's so much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the first thing that really hits me is just the character of God. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I think about 
um, I think it was in Luke, where Jesus talks about he has to be about his father's business. And he's here and he's healing this man, you know, he's with these people and they're so worried about their man-made laws and they're so worried about trying to catch Jesus because they're so threatened by him. And here he is and he's just focused on the right thing. He's focused on this man and his healing. Right. And it just reveals the nature of God, you know, that that is who our God is. He loves his children and we're, we are more important than these rules. Um, and it just reminds me that like in life, we have to really just have the right intentions. Right. You know? Yeah, that's great. And and plus he wasn't scared of, of these Pharisees either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. in the least. And he knew that these rules were just made up crap. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> because when we talked about this actually in uh, Matthew, we, we discussed some of these Sabbath rules that these priests just made up for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, like God it, it told the people to, to celebrate the Sabbath, right? Yep. But then the Pharisees went so crazy with it and were like, you can only take 12 steps or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. Like that's exactly. a boring Sabbath. It's a very boring Sabbath. Oh my goodness. Oh, that'd be so boring. But um, it, it, Jesus even says that the Pharisees were putting burdens on the people Mm -hmm. through these rules and regulations of the sabbath and now this man who's in the temple possibly worshiping god this man with the withered hand Mm -hmm. the the pharisees didn't even want this man who is worshiping god to be healed on the sabbath day that's ridiculous yeah especially because in the book of luke it talks about how it's his right hand which back then everyone was right-handed which means he couldn't probably work Mm. so he couldn't even take care of himself so it wasn't even the fact of just healing him but it was like providing him the opportunity to take care of himself and do work and yeah they didn't even let him they didn't want him to do that just because their man-made law said i think it can only be life-saving uh medical treatment can only be life-saving according to the Pharisees. Really? Oh, that's yeah, that crazy. Was, that was one of their laws. Yeah. <laughs> so if basically if you did uh, medical treatment on the Sabbath day, it had to be only to save the person's life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine like if people were sick and couldn't go to a doctor on the Sabbath day just because it wasn't it wasn't uh saving their lives as of yet right (laughs) but the next day they could have been really sick because they didn't get the treatment that they needed yeah good point yeah good point yeah Yeah. oh man that's crazy jesus gets angry here and we don't often see jesus getting angry sometimes he does but it's very few and far between when jesus gets angry so why do you think jesus was angry in the first place about all this i mean i think it's because they just had no care about this person. This person was, you know, in pain and Mm -hmm. obviously it was probably making him destitute and they didn't care and they cared about themselves and their status and their own, you know, reputation and pride and, you know, and their stupid man-made rules. Right. (laughs) And, you know, like they just were not caring about what was truly important. And yet they're the ones who are supposed to be God honoring and, uh, and then they go and they plot his murder. So mm. like, you know, it's just such a, such hypocrisy. Oh yeah. Cause I can imagine if they were sick, they'd want to be healed on the Sabbath. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for and they sure. probably were. They probably found doctors that would do it for them and like heal them and whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, so it actually says here in verse four that Jesus looks around at the Pharisees and he says to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. So basically, Jesus is asking them, it says on the it says in the Bible on the Sabbath day, it's good to do good on the Sabbath day. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is doing good by healing this man. And the Pharisees are like, yeah, you know, this, this is, this is unlawful. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) And it also says that he was grieved at the hardening of the Pharisees hearts. That's an interesting Mm -hmm. statement in verse five, being grieved at the hardening of their hearts. So he was upset that they just could not, think past themselves and their hatred of Jesus to see this poor man, you know, with the withered hand who could barely do anything probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was upset. Yeah. Well, and earlier it said in, was it verse two, that they were watching him closely. So they obviously came into it wanting to be able to accuse him. And so they were so focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, their stubborn heart, they were just focused on the wrong thing. Oh yeah. And, you know, and they missed an opportunity to do good. And I think back to the Sabbath, I mean, you're supposed to like rest and worship the Lord on the Sabbath and what better way than to show others the glory, you know, of God by healing mm-hmm. <laughs> this man, um, instead of just doing nothing. Right. Because you know, that is evil if you're if you do nothing when you can help someone. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's right. a, that's a Just, great point. Yeah. And, you know, some of the most restful times that I have on on a Sunday, if the, if that is considered the Sabbath nowadays, um, what, some of the most restful times I have is when I'm I'm doing work at the church. Yeah. As odd as that sounds. Yeah. No, that's not odd at all. It's I, very fulfilling. Yes. I feel like every single time I serve. I get blessings back and I get like filled up and, you know, so absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Service sure. is a huge part of like, I think well-being because mm-hmm. I remember back in the days when I used to not serve, I used to think service was, <laughs> you can ask my husband about this because my husband's always been a, a servant in the church. And I was like, I do the worship team. That's good enough. And I was not a fulfilled person. I was very uncontent. Mm. I was very unhappy with life. And once I started serving more, that kind of changed a little bit, as odd as that sounds, because we wouldn't think of service as being something that is um, almost like giving us rest in a sense, as odd as that sounds. But it is like to me, I I know that from experience. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. Absolutely. It says that he heals the man in front of the Pharisees. And it's kind of funny the way Jesus does this. He was very snarky with it. Like (laughs) he was snarky (laughs) because he just does it right in front of them. He's like, whatever. And so he heals, he heals the guy's hand and right in front of the Pharisees, uncaring what the Pharisees are thinking. And it says that the Pharisees go out and immediately conspire with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. So who are the Herodians, Kathy? Do you know anything about them? I do. And that's the crazy part is the Herodians and the Pharisees like should be at odds against each other because oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're two different sects. I mean, they're both Jews, mm-hmm. but the Pharisee, they bo- and they both do want the same thing. They want like an independent, like political 
they want independence and political like power for the Jews as Jews, but the Herodians want someone from the house of Herod to be in charge mm. where the Pharisees want the Jews to be in charge. So they, they really are on opposing sides and they should never in any way, shape or form be on the same team, but here they are on the same <laughs> team because they just unite against Jesus. It's so ridiculous. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. They just, they, they found a, a thing to unite them, which was their hatred. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of terrible, actually. It but, is. <laughs> but it says that after this, uh, I'm sure Jesus knew everything that was going on with all that. It says he withdrew to the sea with his disciples and a great multitude followed him from Galilee, from Judea, from Jerusalem. I couldn't say this word from Idumea. <laughs> Idumea, beyond the Jordan and those from around Tyre and Sidon. So basically, it was huge, all these people following Jesus. He was becoming very popular at this point because he was healing all these sicknesses. Mm -hmm. And he, he wasn't necessarily popular because of his teachings. He was popular because of, um, I think it actually says that in Matthew, he was popular because he could heal the people. Right. And it actually says that... Um, he had to stand in a little boat off on the sea so that the crowds wouldn't press in on him. Because this is how big these crowds were. He couldn't even go into the cities anymore because <laughs> he was so popular that people would crush him if he went anywhere near them. So he's standing out on a little boat talking to them and, and preaching to them and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And it says that he had healed many so that as many as had diseases pressed in on him that they might touch him. And if you think about that statement nowadays, nobody with nobody wants people who have many diseases like pressing in on them. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I, I kind of found that statement a little bit interesting. So, Kathy, um, what's the significance of that exactly like it, that it says that many diseased people came to touch Jesus? Yeah. I mean, I, I think of so many things. I mean, first I think of all of these locations that they, that they cite. And I think like those people came from a really far distance and many of them walked. And so that, that's like a long, that's a long journey. And if they're diseased, they're taking this long journey in, in this ill health. I mean, that's, that's total faith. Oh, like that that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like these people really believe that he could, and they must've been hungry. They must've been hungry for that healing. And so I think about that in my own walk. Like, am I that hungry? Am I, you know, is my faith that strong? Do I truly believe um, to that depth that I would like walk a, you know, a four day journey to go see this man who's going to heal me. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that, that I think is so awesome is that we don't have to do that. Like he's, he's here every day with us and we can touch him just by reaching out and praying, you know? So it's like, we That's have this, point. yeah, we have this blessing that we don't have to do that. And so if anything, our faith should be stronger, but it's not maybe because we don't have to, <laughs> um, but he's here in the midst with us. Mm -hmm. So I, that's kind of the first thought that I had, um, was, was that, but it also, again, shows you the character and nature of God, because when all of the impure people, I mean, they would yell out and say, unclean, unclean. Right. And all these people come in, you know, and they do touch Jesus and he's fine with it. Um, and what a message that sent to his disciples who were Jews, who didn't 
probably were probably like, oh, the unclean people, you know, they didn't want to touch them. Um, and Jesus so willingly did. Mm-hmm. So just I actually amazing. I actually read somewhere that um, people with leprosy were so hated in the Jewish communities that they would people would throw stones at them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because they're supposed to stay outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they came in, I'm sure they did throw stones at yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, Get out of here. Right. And so Jesus was showing like, you know, you can still show love to these people. I mean, I mean, I mean, Jesus obviously had the spirit inside him. He was able to heal them. But this was also like an object lesson, I think, a little bit because Jesus was so loving towards people who were sick. Yeah. 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 And I think of uh, I think of like Samaritan's Purse and stuff like that. The people who like go out and help people with Ebola and all sorts of crazy diseases mm-hmm. out in the world. And yeah. normally we would, we would be scared to do something like that. I don't know, but with with the the spirit who we have access to that spirit, yeah, we can go out and do that kind of stuff. Amen. I'm kind of just spitballing here, <laughs> 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 but I I mean it is an object lesson that we are supposed to love everybody, even if we may be uncomfortable around certain uh, people and stuff like that. So it also says here that Jesus also uh drove out the unclean spirits whenever the unclean spirits saw jesus they actually fell down before him and cried you are the son of god and he sternly warned them that they should not make him known why don't you think jesus wanted the evil spirits to make him known well i think multiple reasons i mean i think that um it first of all it wasn't his time to be known there was a time for him to to be known and i think so many people um, already we're starting to think that he was there for the wrong reason, you know, that he was there um, to deal with like the, you know, the, the government or political issue when he really was there to deal with the sin, you know, the sin in people's hearts. And, and that's what he was there. He was there to overthrow that sin in, in the heart of people, not the government. And right. I think so many people were already thinking that the Messiah's role was different. And so it just, I don't think it was the right time. So that's the first thought I had. The other one is, you know, I think in all things, there's always a time for silence and there's always a time for speaking. And I think even in our own witness, there are times where we need to witness with words and there mm-hmm. are times where we need to witness with actions. Our actions. Mm. Yeah. And so I think that as you know, the Lord knows everything and he has a perspective that we don't have. And so I think when we let the Lord lead us and guide us and let us give us the words to speak when it's the time and we listen to the Lord, then it'll always be the right time and the right thing, you know, in the right moment. Um, and so I think it's, it's both sides of that is just, you know, letting God decide when the right time is to be silent or to speak um, because he does know things that we don't know. And in that moment, it would have been harmful if they had spoken out and called him, you know, who he was. Right. That's very true as well. And plus, I wouldn't say evil spirits had the best reputation. <laughs> <laughs> true. I don't think I would believe them. If they <laughs> right. So maybe also Jesus is like, okay, I don't want to be associated. Also, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that one. But basically, uh, 
we end here by saying he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. And so I think Kathy had some awesome uh, insights about everything that we talked about today. And I'm really appreciative that you came on the show and uh, we're willing to do this in the midst of everything that's been going on with you and uh, how busy you've been trying to get everything together to move and everything. So thank you. Sure. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. So do you want to uh, tell our um, the audience about Celebrate Recovery a little bit since you were a Celebrate Recovery leader? Yeah, sure. I'll take a quick second and talk about that. Celebrate Recovery is a 12-step recovery program. It's based on the Bible and the words of Christ, the Beatitudes. It is a great program for anyone that's just trying to find freedom from hurts, habits, or hangups. And I highly recommend it. There is a, um, if you go on Google and just type in Celebrate Recovery Locator, um, it'll pull up an, a website where you can put your zip code in and you can find a Celebrate Recovery nearest you. And one out of three people attend for or something other than drugs or alcohol. So it, it's not just a drugs or alcohol program. You know, if you're struggling with unforgiveness or guilt or depression or anxiety or anger, um, shopping, or if you're a workaholic or a perfectionist or a people pleaser, or even just struggling with codependency, it can help you. Um, it can help you with those issues. It can also help you just just deepen your uh, relationship with the Lord. So it's it's a great program. I highly recommend it. I agree. It is it is a really great program. Uh, my church used to offer it, and I went to a couple of them. It was really great. Um, and so I will definitely drop a link to where you can find a Celebrate Recovery near you in the bio of this podcast episode. But Kathy, thank you so much once again for coming on the show and for giving some great insights about Matthew chapter 3. But friends and faithful listeners, as I say at the end of every podcast episode, happy listening and God bless.